lesson number four. I've been teaching on the baptism with the Holy Spirit because this is the month 42 years ago that I received an experience as a 17-year-old boy called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I make a big deal of it at least once a year or so. I'm going to teach on this subject. It's not being taught much today. It's not, being, it's, not being, uh, it's not put to the forefront today as it was in yesteryear, but it is an experience for every believer in the body of Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an awesome Holy Spirit experience that can profoundly change your life if you walk in the light of it. A lot of people over the years that I've known the Lord have received this experience, but they didn't do anything with it. They were like the guy that Jesus told in the parable who got some money, dug a hole and stuck it in the ground. It didn't even uh, earn interest and, you know, he did, it did him no good. But, you know, if you'll take what God gives you and do something with it, then how many know it will benefit your personal life? A lot, the Word of God will benefit you, but you got to put it into practice. you got to speak it. you got to live it. you got to meditate on it. How many know just going to church won't do you any good? We have people that come to church every week all over our nation, all over the world, but the church, the Word, the ch- service does no good because they don't do anything with it uh, themselves personally. And how many know if you're a doer of the Word, not just a hearer, how many know you'll be blessed? So uh, my experience with this uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit has been phenomenal in my own personal life. And so I've been talking about that the last three weeks. This is lesson number four. I may be able to conclude today. Let's see how we do. But I just want to talk to you about it for just a little bit. Uh, This revolutionized my life. The Holy Spirit works again uh, in two ways in the lives of believers. And I've mentioned this the last several weeks. You know, when you're born again, how many know the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you? And that actually makes us a child of God. Romans 8, 9 says, if any man does not have the Spirit of Christ. And I really like the way that Paul said that in Romans 8. He called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Christ. Christ is the, uh, is the Greek word for Messiah or the anointing. Jesus, the anointed one. And so he's giving reference that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ in that when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, his goal and desire is to give you the ability to live like Jesus. How many think that's good? How many know the Holy Spirit never never brings attention to himself? He always defers to Jesus. Jesus in his ministry never brought attention to himself. He deferred to the Father. He says, I only speak, I only do as as I see my Father do. I only say what my Father says. So that's the way the Trinity is. The Holy Spirit defers to Jesus. His goal is to make Jesus big and real. Jesus' goal is to make the Father real. If you've seen me, he said, you've seen the Father, right? So the first work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life is in the new birth, the indwelling. Everybody say indwelling. But Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, we've mentioned the last several weeks, told his disciples not to leave Jerusalem once he ascended to heaven, but stay there. He had been with them 40 days after he was raised from the dead, and uh, And uh, he ministered to them. And then when he left, he said, hang around Jerusalem. So they went to an upper, uh, an upstairs room, 120 of them with Mary, the mother of Jesus, all of the apostles, all 11 left after Judas Judas committed suicide. And they elected someone, Matthias, to take Judas's place. So he had 12 apostles. And then you had a bunch of believers, 120. And the Holy Spirit came 10 days after Jesus left, left on a feast of the Jews called Pentecost. I say this 
every Sunday because it's important. Pentecost was a Jewish feast day. Pentecost means 50th. It was 50 days after Jesus was raised from the dead. Pentecost was also a Jewish feast day celebrating harvest. And it's really amazing and uncanny almost that God would, that God would have the Holy Spirit fall on feast day, on Pentecost, on, on celebration of harvest. Why? Because he wanted the church to know, I've given you this power so that you can reach the spiritual harvest. How many hear me? So if it was important for their early apostles and disciples to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's important for us to receive as well. And so we've been through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, Samaria, <coughs> uh, several years after um, uh, Pentecost Sunday there in Jerusalem. People received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 10, 10 years after the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. People received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, uh, Acts 19 in Ephesus. That's 20 years after Acts 2. Believers received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And in each of these instances, there was a phenomenon that followed that, that experience called speaking in other tongues. Don't let that throw you. Now, if you're new here, just hear me out and let me talk a little bit. I was raised Southern Baptist, never heard any of this, had no clue. My mother received this experience in a Baptist ladies' prayer meeting. I've mentioned this, February 1975. It was such an example to our family that the next year... I went to a church in our city that was a charismatic church and got filled with the Holy Spirit myself September 12th, 1976. It's been 42 years, changed my life. And so I mentioned the first Sunday that I talked about this. Three things happened specifically with the baptism with the Holy Spirit that you'll recognize if you walk in the light of it in your life. Number one, there will be a boldness. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You'll be witnesses. So boldness to live and be a living witness for Jesus comes with this experience. How many have experienced that boldness? Raise your hand. For me, because, because my natural tendency is to be an introvert, it turned an introvert into an extrovert on steroids. And then secondly, the second thing happens with a baptism with the Holy Spirit is, uh, is just a new understanding of the Word of God. I've often illustrated it this way. If you had, if you had a, a, let's say, a, a, a movie producer that wrote the script of a movie, and let's just say, for example, I've used this, I've said this so many times over the years. Um, and let's just say you, had, you were visiting someone, maybe in their condominium, a bunch of people around and people walking around and stuff. And it was a nice, cool, later on fall day. Today's the first day of fall, right? So a nice, cool fall day. The leaves are falling and it's nice and brisk outside early morning, maybe 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And you had the windows up and you're watching a movie. And what if you're watching the movie, you're trying, you know, you're trying to figure out the plot. And maybe it's a mystery. Who did it? You're trying to figure out. So, boy, you're just following the plot and listening. And, and what if somebody knocks on your door and you put it on pause? You're watching Netflix or something. And, and you open the door and they say, my name's so-and-so. It's okay. Oh, the, uh, you're watching so-and-so. Yeah, yes. How'd you know? Well, I, I walked by. You had the window up and I heard it. Well, I'm the guy that wrote the script for that movie. What are you doing here? Well, I got relatives. Can I come in? So he comes in, let's say, I know it's a little far-fetched, but he comes in, sits down, and he says, play the movie. And, he, and you click, and you start playing the movie. And then he tells you scene by scene what he was thinking, why this happened, why that happened, and your understanding totally changes, right? That's what the Holy Spirit does with that book right there. 
It took the Word of God off these black, these white pages, this black print, and it put it inside me. And it helped me understand it's not, not just theology, it's life. How many hear me? So there's life, y'all. There's life in this book. The devil hates this book. He wants it out of schools. He wants it out of our culture. And he wants it out of your heart. But if it gets inside of you, it will breed and make change. How many hear me? So the third thing the Holy Spirit does is he gives you a new way to pray with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And this is what people so take offense towards, so to speak, people in denominational churches and that don't really understand the experience. Uh, in fact, the Greek word is glossolalia, which means an ecstatic utterance. And most theologians say, well, it's some, you know, it's a new. Well, I'm not baptized. I'm baptized in water now, I guess. Here, let's see. I got this baptized in water. I need a piece of something up here. Y'all help me, Jesus. If you're listening, I just spilled my water everywhere. You are so kind. It's going to take a whole towel, however. There we go, because you know I make a mess. Here, you can take that back. Thank you. This one, I guess, will just absorb. I forgot everything I was just saying when I spilled my water. So, oh, yeah. So the big take with the baptism with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues is why do you have to, if it's such a great experience, you are so kind. Thank you. Just like, give her, she's a servant. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. This thing's just not very, uh, it's not very, it's the bottom of it's messed up. Anyway, the big, big beef that people have with, with baptism with the Holy Spirit and then speaking with other tongues is, why you got to do that? That's really weird. You mean you're, God has you do something you've never done before? Yes. He actually has you do something that bypasses your mind? Yes. Why does he do that? Because he wants you to be subservient to him and he wants you to relinquish control of you to him. And I don't know how many people over the years who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, they have yielded themselves in a more full way to Jesus, to the Word, because they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in yielding their voice to speak a language they had never heard, then it taught them that they can yield themselves to God and that they can, uh, and they can live in a different way. How many hear what I'm saying? So let's talk. I've been talking last week, this week, and we'll see how far we get today about 10 reasons that God's will is that every believer get baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in this heavenly language. There's several, uh, there's several phrases used to describe it. Speaking with other tongues, speaking in the unknown tongue, or praying in the Spirit are all or all mean the same thing, and it's, this, uh, and it's this distinct experience that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned, again, last week, every incident in the book of Acts where people were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in this unusual language, another language than their known tongue, and so they call it other tongues because it's not their known language. Does that make sense? So it's a phenomenon. It's unusual. It was unusual to me when I received that experience. In fact, I went to a Baptist church and the only thing I ever heard about it, and I'll never forget, it's etched in my mind. I was probably nine or 10 years old. I have a really good memory. And the pastor had black rimmed glasses and he was standing up at the, can I have that? Because I'm going to make it. Can you wipe that up? I will make a mess. I promise. Susan knows me really well. I'm known to make a mess. So anyway, he was standing at his pulpit and the only reference I heard in a service in a Baptist church was he said this, thank you, brother, and tongues is of the devil. Pointed his finger and said, 
Well, I don't reckon I want that if it's of the devil. So I was a kid. But when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, here's what I noticed. Nothing about the experience made, it make, made me want the devil. If it was of the devil, seems like it made me want the devil and want to walk away from God, walk away from church, walk away from the Bible, walk away from holy living, walk away from everything I've heard and known about God, but it didn't. It did the opposite. It made me love Jesus more. It made me want, I, sometimes I took my Bible and said, I just want to eat it. You know, and it made me want to pray. It made me want to seek. It made me want to go to church more. So why would something that's of the devil uh, have the opposite effect and make me want Jesus so bad? And what I figured out was his theology wouldn't allow him to go where the Bible goes. And his church doctrine wouldn't let him go where the Bible goes. So my experience of 42 years has actually been opposite of that. Instead of, instead of making me less in love with Jesus, life becomes all about Jesus, all about the Word, all about your relationship with God. How many hear me? So let me just encourage you. If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and you can pray in this heavenly language, don't do like the guy in the parable that Jesus talked about. Don't hide it, do nothing with it. Keep it out, dust it off, or if you've tucked it away, pull it out and do something with it because it has the potential to change your life. How many just heard me? Y'all are so excited. So let me go a little further. So last week I talked about three, uh, uh, 10 reasons, started talking about 10 reasons that you should pray in the spirit. Let me say this. You never live above your prayer life. How many heard what I said? You never live spiritually beyond your prayer life. If you're having problems spiritually, check up on your prayer life. Two things to go together. The word and prayer. The word's the foundation for our spiritual life, but prayer, somebody called it spiritual breathing. How many know you don't live long without breath? You can't live past two minutes or a few more minutes, just a few minutes, you're dead. So, so uh, prayer is equal to spiritual breathing and without a good prayer life, you won't have a close relationship with the Father that, that imprints your life and changes how you act and, and really moves you every day. How many hear me? So with the baptism, with the Holy Spirit comes a brand new way to pray. And my big beef as a young boy was, um, I came to church and everybody said the same thing to God. We either recited the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, how will it be thy name and wrote, you know. Um, or, or uh, a deacon would stand up and everybody prayed the same thing all the time. Doom, doom, doom. And, and you know, you could, and you know, I could write it down and give you the sentences almost because it was so clear as a boy. And I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking as a little boy. Okay, God's intelligent, I'm intelligent, but we are, so to speak, at a loss for words when it comes to praying. It's obvious that we're at a loss for words because the people that I hear praying, the adults I hear praying, it's not real personal. It's kind of, it's just the way you do it, you know, and, and, uh, I thought, there's, there's something to this. So when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, I thought, man, this is like incredible. I've been wanting to talk to God all my life. I haven't known what to say. And here it is. God's given me a language that he and I can communicate with in, in terms that only he knows. And somehow, even though I don't know what I'm saying in here, I know I'm connecting with him. And he's doing something in me. And it's changing me. And it's, it's doing stuff in my life. And it was amazing. 
And, and, and so as, as time went on, I started a little bit at a time, one or two minutes a day, three or four, five or six, 10, 15, 20. Now I generally spend at least an hour. This morning I spent two hours praying in the Spirit. You're kidding. No, no. Why? I'm about to tell you why. It does something. It changes how you live your life. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Jesus said this in John 16, 13, uh, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will, he will uh, tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that first work of the Holy Spirit is the indwelling, but with the baptism with the Holy Spirit or immersion in the Holy Spirit where he consumes and overwhelms your whole life, there comes a greater understanding of the word, a boldness and a new way to pray that's just simply incredible. And uh, again, what happens when you pray in the Spirit? So as a boy, I started praying in the Spirit and here it is 42 years later, you know, I have a lot to say about this because it's part of my life. So, you know, I could do one of two things. I could do this and never tell you, or I could take the risk of being unusual and you judging me, which is fine if you want to. And if you're watching and you want to judge me for speaking in other tongues, judge me. But see, I've got the basis of scripture behind me. And then I have 42 years of life lived that with certain experiences that have shown me this experience will absolutely boost your relationship with Jesus if you let it. How many hear me? So last week, here we are, uh, talked about uh, three of the ten things that... Uh, ten reasons you should pray in the Spirit. It's God's will for every believer to pray in tongues. I talked about that last week. Uh, praying in the Spirit helps unseat the control of the unrenewed mind uh, that it exerts over your spiritual life. Thirdly, I left off with this. It provides a way for us to pray about things we don't know about. And I referenced 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but God. So you're not talking to others. It's a private devotional gift. How many get it? And it's to aid you spiritually when you're, when you're alone with God. He says no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit. He utters secret truths. Everybody say secret truths. And hidden things. Not obvious to the understanding. How many know there are a lot of things that you don't know and I don't know? And there are a lot of things that we don't understand about life now and life in the future. But see, when you're praying in the Spirit, you can pray about things that are unknown to you. You can pray about the future. And then 1 Corinthians 2.11 says this, For what man understands the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Now, let me just say something for a minute here. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says this. If I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. Everybody say, my spirit prays. But it says, my understanding or my mind is unfruitful. Amplified New Testament, of first, this is not in the notes. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unfruitful, bears no fruit, and helps nobody. So let me ask you a few questions. Is the Holy Spirit God? Does God know everything? 
Does God know everything about the past? Does God know everything about every person in the present? All seven and a half billion people, does God know them? Does he know their circumstances? Okay, Uh, does God know the future? Everything about the future. How everything's gonna work out. Does God know the date that you leave this life and go into heaven? Does he know everything about your family, your children, your money, your job, your spouse, everything about you? I mean, you answered yes to all of that. Now, that person that you just answered yes to lives in you. And when you pray in the Spirit, it's the God who knows everything helping you to pray about everything. (laughs) That's awesome. You get that? Now, how can that be bad? Why does the devil fight this? Because he don't want you to do it. Why? Because you're praying about everything. And when you pray about everything, you could actually have God explosions everywhere. And the kingdom of God could expand. Does the devil want that to happen? So what does he do? Don't do that. That's stupid. That's of the devil. That's of me. Of course he would. If there were no resistance, there'd be nothing to it. But because there's great resistance, you've got to be something going on there. You get it? So I gave you some illustrations last week. And can I come and talk about this again next week? Because I won't get done, I promise you. There's so much to this experience. So in my personal life, praying in the Spirit has become a big deal to me. So I do two things in my personal life. I pray in the spirit. I pray in the understanding at five. I got up at 4.30 this morning, for instance. And at five o'clock, I got this certain really comfortable chair that's literally filled with, with um, down from birds. I mean, seriously, it's really a nice chair. And so when you kneel on it, it's like, yes, but I'm not going to sleep. So I put a pillow there and I kneel. And so I put my head in my hands. I start praying. And I start praying in English. And I pray for you. I pray for Susan. I pray for my family. I, I pray for our president. I pray for the kingdom of God to expand all over the world. And then, and then I pray about our services. And then I say, Lord, now, now there's things I don't know to pray about. And I pray about, I pray for every individual here in English. I don't know your names, but I say I'll pray for every person in every seat. And then I said, now, Lord, there's things I don't know, and I need your help. I, I want to pray in the spirit for this service because I know what I'm going to say, sort of, but sort of don't because you unction me. So I'm going to pray in the spirit expecting you to manifest your life in this meeting. And then I spend the rest of the time praying in the spirit. I do, that, I do that every Sunday. And every day when I get up, I spend time praying in English, but then I also pray in the spirit. And I spend extra time praying in the spirit. And, y'all, it's, it's revolutionized how I live and who I am, and it's created a, it's carved a path of life through the years. I want to share some of those things with you. The fourth thing that happens when you pray in the Spirit is that it provides a way, everybody say, to charge your spirit, uh, yourself up spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue uh, edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. That word edifies, if you look that up in the Greek language, that is the word for building. Uh, it's really a carpenter's word for building a house. It's the word, we get our word edifice, edify, edifice. Yeah, same Greek word. It means to build up. And when you pray in the spirit, spiritually, you build yourself up. In fact, you build a house for God to live in spiritually in your life. Is that cool? 
You're building up spiritual things in your life when you pray in the Spirit. So let me say this. There's no natural feeling to it. Sometimes I get dry mouth. Sometimes I just get tired. Sometimes it seems like I'm not doing anything because my mind is not edified, but I've done this long enough that I've seen the pattern, even though it doesn't seem like it's doing any good. And sometimes when I'm praying in the Spirit, the enemy says, you are wasting your time. And you know what? Sometimes I've said, well, I'm gonna pray another hour. Just, and if you say it again, in fact, when I was young, I prayed, Susan was at work one day, this is in the early 80s, I prayed over four hours because the enemy kept saying, he kept saying, you're doing no good, I'm going to pray another hour. I heard Kenneth Hagin do, I'm gonna do that, he said, devil, if you keep saying that, I'm going to keep praying until you shut up. He went one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and then five hours, and the devil shut up. So the devil did that to me. I'm going to say, I'm going to do what I heard Kenneth Hagin do. I'm going to pray in the spirit. One hour, he said, you're doing no good. Two hours, you're doing no good. Three hours, you're doing no good. Four hours. It was my day off. And y'all, great day. I hit something. It opened up a brand new realm spiritually to me. And, and Jesus, I'm, I'm telling you, there is a realm that you don't know about that is available to you if you'll seek God and pray. How many hear me? And boy, when you get in there, it's like, man, oh, it's an incredible place to be. So I'm not saying you got to pray that much. I'm just saying that don't cut your mind, don't not do it when something tells you you're doing no good. Nothing could further be from the truth. You're building yourself up spiritually. So for me as a pastor, if I wasn't a pastor, I did this before I was a pastor, or we say in down south, before I was a preacher, I prayed in the Spirit, and I did it because I needed it in my personal life. What happens, you do this, you leave your home after doing this, and your whole day is filled with God. I mean, there's a God energy, a God ability. When the flesh rises up, when, uh, when circumstances go awry, it's like something inside you says, you know, bless God, I'm going to make it somehow. And you just don't quit. How many hear me? You wonder why I act the way I do? Blame it on the Holy Ghost. Because he's the one that stirs me. If I didn't do this, I promise I would not be this way. I'd, I'd be mousy and wouldn't want to look at you in the eyes and I wouldn't want to make contact. But because I do this, somebody lives inside me and he rises up. It edifies you. Everybody say it edifies you. I've been all over the world preaching. I've preached in 18 foreign countries and I've had terrible circumstances just like everybody else does. 10,000 miles from home. I don't know anybody and the circumstances are nasty and bad and not fun. And, and you know, I pray in the spirit and you don't know what you're gonna say to this big old crowd when you're preaching and all that. And because I pray in the spirit, you know what? God always makes you equal to whatever he has for you to do. So if you sit in an office and push a pen or you make calls all day or you're an overseer or or you know you just have a mundane job and you put the widget in the wadget and you just keep you know God will help you do what you do the best way that you can if you put him first in your life and build yourself up I don't know what a widget and wadget is but there you go Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It builds you up. Everybody say, it builds me up. You know, a car battery, has. there's an alternator, for those that don't know, those that do know, you have an alternator in your car. The alternator alternates. It turns around, a belt's hooked to it. When your engine starts, the alternator turns on, and, there's a, and there is a, a cord from the alternator that goes to your battery, and the entire time that your engine's running, you have a car battery that starts your engine. It has electric charge in it, uh, enough amps to turn the crank and, and cause your motor to start, and you use the 
that energy every time you turn the key. The only way that energy is replaced is by the alternator. If the alternator goes bad, your battery runs dry, right? Or if, if the belt breaks, <laughs> your battery's gonna run dry. And so the baptism with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit, it's like that alternator. When you're praying in the Spirit, it's giving you a spiritual charge and you just keep yourself charged up. People don't realize you expend spiritual energy every single day. How many hear me? It takes spiritual energy to resist the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's, it, it, you expend energy spiritual energy, loving people that aren't nice to you, keeping yourself from your mouth shut, right? It's like, help me, Jesus. And you expend energy, right? You expend energy just living, just doing what you know to do. The flesh rises up. You want that, don't you? Yeah, but shut up. Well, just, you, you know, you're, you're resisting. What are you doing? You're expending energy just like your battery's draining. Your spiritual battery's draining. When you get off and say, God, I just need you bad today. And you just pray in English, tell him how much you love him and you worship him and you pray. And then you take some time and pray in the spirit. Guess what you're doing? You're turning on the alternator. <laughs> your engine's running and the alternator's being charged. Your spiritual alternator is charging your spiritual battery so that it, when you leave that place of prayer and you've got spiritual resistance in any area of life, you can make it. How many hear me? There is a spiritual charge. Number five, baptism with the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit provides a way to be refreshed spiritually. I love this. This is a prophecy from the book of Isaiah 2,500 years ago about, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> praying in the Spirit. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Now, that, there's a prophecy about praying in the Spirit. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So, again... Here's Isaiah 2,500 years, now, really 700 years before it actually happened on a little over 700 years after day, before the day of Pentecost. Here's a prophecy of people praying in the Spirit with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak. What happens when you have stammering lips and another tongue? This is the rest. Everybody say rest. With which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. If you had my experience, you can be on a two-week vacation or out at the beach or doing something. It's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Well, you know what I found out? If you've got four kids and all your kids bring the grandkids, you get back from vacation, you is tarred. <laughs> Not tired, tarred. And so you know what I do? I have to get off in the room. It don't bother me for the next while. I'm in that room. Guess what I'm doing? My engine's on and my alternator's running and I'm building up my spiritual battery because I need it. How many hear me? So there is a refreshing. So if you feel dry and you need to be refreshed, go take a walk this afternoon somewhere and pray in the Spirit. Just make sure nobody's around you because they'll think you cuckoo. I used, to, I used to go for a walk on Sunday mornings, particularly in South Carolina where I lived. I lived near a lake. I was one row off, two rows off from a lake. And so I'd make on Sunday mornings, I'd preach and I'd go walk near the lake so I could peep over there behind everybody's yard and see the lake. And I was just, man, I was tearing it. I was praying in the spirit. I mean, hmm, here we go, it's loud. And this guy come out in his bathrobe and he had his little bath, you know, bedroom shoes on. And he come, oh, y'all are ready. <laughs> he come wandering out of his yard, you know, just kind of half awake, you know, just kind of, and here I come. And I was just loud, praying in the spirit. And, and I looked, I wouldn't even know he was there. And he looked at me, he went, 
And I looked at him and I went, hi, how you doing? It's a great day, right? He said, he got his paper and just. (laughs) So do it by yourself. If you're praying in public, make sure you don't, you know, you're going to, people don't think you're crazy. How many hear me? So uh, anyway, after that, I looked around everybody's yard when I was walking down the thing. So make sure you're by yourself. But you know, it, it edifies you and it builds you up and it brings, how many know, great refreshing. So I'll finish this next week because I got a whole lot I want to say and I've got some, uh, I got some illustrations that I want to give you that I think will be a great blessing. I'll stop with this one, number six, and I'll do three next week. How's that? Uh, it magnifies God in your life. Acts 10, 46, uh, Peter, um, P- Peter was preaching. The uh, Gentiles got filled with the Spirit. They got born again, Spirit-filled at the same time. And then that last sentence, for they, how did they know they got spirit-filled? They heard them speak with tongues and magnify, and magnify God. Everybody say magnify. So let me ask you something. What does it mean to magnify God? So, so what happens when you get a, you ever had one of those big magnifying glasses as a kid? And you come up on the ant that's so small and you, and you do that? What happens to the ant? And then you can see everything about him, right? And, and, or a bug or a leaf. Or, or, you know, something on a tree or a, or, or a bush. Well, I did that as a kid. And the, and the bigger the magnifying glass, the better the amplification, right? So, so what happens when you pray in the Spirit? You magnify God. You see things about Him you didn't see before. Yes or no? And, and, and then the big thing is, if you're going through a grueling time in life, I promise you pray in the Spirit. It, 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 it lets you know there's somebody on the inside of me that's 10,000 times bigger than anything on the outside of me because the God that made everything I see and know that made me is living inside of me. And He's bigger than the circumstance. He's bigger than the test. He's bigger than the trial. How many hear me? I don't know how many times. Uh, you know, and here's how life is. You can be doing really well, smiling. You know, everything's going your way and then her whop and it's like something knocked your head right down on the ground when those times come I get off by myself say father I don't know what just happened but you do and I'm going to pray in the spirit and talk to you about what just happened because you're going to make a way of escape there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man God is able to make a way of escape how many hear me Praying in the Spirit will help do the job. i got a whole lot to say. Come back next Sunday. I've got a whole list of things over the years that I just want to talk to you about, about praying in the Spirit that has really moved me to where we are today. And, and it's not because I have all these brains and wits and smarts. No, we have a great big God who sees all, knows all, understands all, and has given us a way to pray well outside of our own understanding and our limited thinking. And when you let him live his life in you, God does big things for you. How many want that? Stand up on your feet. I got a lot to say, and we'll just have to do it next time. Do you get something out of that?